Hello, this is Donna Jackson Nakazawa, and today we'll be mapping COVID-19 related brain stress on the 15-minute matrix. Welcome to the 15-Minute Matrix. I'm Andrea Nakayama, functional medicine nutritionist and your host. This is the podcast that brings you bite-sized insights and lessons on how to use the most important tool in functional medicine and functional nutrition. And today's episode is part of our COVID-19 special edition. I recently heard one of my full body systems students refer to the COVID-15 as the weight that people are gaining as they shelter in place. I'm hoping that for you, we can replace that 15 with these 15 minutes or so, these episodes that fuel your personal and professional health. Today on the 15 Minute Matrix, I've invited Donna Jackson Nakazawa back to the mic. Donna is the author of The Angel and the Assassin, The Tiny Brain Cell That Changed the Course of Medicine, as well as three previous books that you can find linked in the show notes from her previous episode. That's episode 116, where we map microglia. Donna has won many awards for her written contributions to the field of immunity and is an expert journalist in the field of health and immunity, and honestly, one of my favorite people to talk to. So let's dive in and look at the brain on the stress response that can be fueled by our current chronic state of perceived threat, fear, and isolation. Donna, thank you for coming back to speak with me in this community about the brain immune stress response in these incredibly challenging times. I am so happy to be here. Um, You know that talking with you is one of my favorite things to do. (laughs) I love that. I love that we have such good conversations and could go on and on. And we did talk about in episode 116 of the podcast uh, about the microglia. And you helped us to map the microglia. And that's a great episode to tune into to get some of the foundations of these connections. But today, I want to focus with you on the brain immune perceived stress response, how that evolved across evolutionary time, and what it does, what happens in our body when we're in a chronic state of perceived threat. I love this topic and devoted an entire chapter in the Angel and the Assassin to it because I think it's so important and the and the science here is just exploding. So let's just set the framework for people. It's only very recently that we understood that the brain has an immune response. Everybody knows, especially in this era of this pandemic that we're facing, that the body has an immune response. That's the thing we're worried about with COVID-19, right? How are we going to keep our immune system healthy? What are we going to do if we catch it? And it's all everybody's talking about their immune system right now. But our brain has an immune system too. And it works in a very specific way. And I think knowing that right now offers us another opportunity to deal with the situation that we're all in, in a healthier way. So let's talk about why this is so important Mm -hmm. from an evolutionary perspective first. Yeah. Is that a good place to yeah, start? Yeah, I love it. Because I, I love what you're saying, Donna. I'm hearing a lot of our patients and clients talking in the if realm. And so right. like, what happens if? What happens if? And I'm wondering about that response internally. So let's go way back and talk yep. about the evolution. Yep. 
let's go way back. So think about your stress response over time, how it evolved over time. And what we know about that, thanks to some researchers actually at University of Wisconsin, Chuck Reyes, and I always like to shout out to the researchers because they work on these things for years before they come forth and give us the science. Chuck Raisin at Wisconsin and also George Slavich at UCLA Stress Lab are both working on this new understanding that across evolutionary time, our stress response evolved with social stressors. Hmm. So let me break that down. If you're walking down the village lane and it's the 1500s and you caught a rabbit for dinner and you see a wolf, you're going to go into fight, flight, freeze. Everyone's familiar with that. You go out of the parasympathetic nervous system and you go into your sympathetic nervous system response, fight, flight, freeze. Well, as you do that across evolutionary time, we evolved so that when we go into fight, flight, freeze, we also produce a very high level of cytokines, Mm -hmm. which are in the news right now with COVID-19 because this disease turns fatal when you develop a cytokine storm, which attacks your lungs. So we up our level of cytokines, which are in a short term, really helpful because they're inflammatory. And the reason that we evolved to respond to stress with an uptick in cytokines and stress hormones really made sense across evolutionary time because if you were attacked by that wolf, you would have pathogens enter your wound and you would need that cytokine storm, right? To keep you safe. Over time, as we evolved, it also became true that when we simply had a social threat as hunter-gatherers, and by social threat, I mean a fear of being ostracized, a fear of a warring gang coming and taking over our tribe, we also developed this co-response, which is fight, flight, freeze, uptick in cytokines and hormones, which are meant to protect our immune system. Why? Because being ostracized or having a warring gang come and take over your tribe also led to wounding. If you were ostracized and you were left outside of the tribe, you had no protection from animals. You had no protection from predators. You had no protection from your tribal enemies. And so our immune system is pretty smart. It took millions of years to do this, but it has evolved so that even a perceived threat of being ostracized or of an external threat also leads to an uptick in this cytokine stress hormone response. Again, theoretically, short time, helpful. You fall when you're out running, you know, right? and you have a wound, short time, very helpful. So what concerns me right now and what I wanted to talk with you about and your practitioners is that we're all in this feeding frenzy of the news, trying to keep up with what's happening in our neighborhood with your patients, with my flock. Everyone is trying to keep up with what's happening with our state, what's happening with our local hospital, what's happening with our friends. And that it's good to be informed, right? Like just before I got on, I was helping somebody figure out how to get to the ER safely who yeah. needed to care yeah. in my family. That's smart. It's smart to be informed. It's smart. I had to call three doctors, figure out where my brother had to go and get him in safely and talk to the right people. That's smart. Yeah. But I don't know about you. It's very tempting right before you lie down to go to sleep to look at what's happening on Twitter and Facebook. That is actually 
upping your stress hormone cytokine response in a way that's chronic and damaging to your immune system. And I think we really have to talk about that perceived stress, which we're all under, is not helping our immune system right now when we really need to protect it. You're out there developing content to help people protect it through food and nutrition yes. and meditation. Well, we've also got to consider our brain is dancing with the messages that we feed it from the environment 24 Seven. We are the drivers of what we feed the brain in terms of these messages. And we need to talk about how to bring it down. Yeah. And I want to put a pin in this whole concept of cytokines because, Donna, in the practitioner community, there is a lot of fear of what might boost cytokines, given that the pneumonia is a cytokine storm. So I just want to kind of ground us because that's one of the things that's producing anxiety is the word cytokine and the concept of cytokine <laughs> yes. storm. So the word cytokine, it comes from the Greek word cyto, which means cells, and yep. kinos, which mean movement. And they're not yep. one thing. Thing. They're a class of molecules, a class of signaling molecules, and their job is to communicate. It's cellular communication. I kind of like to think of them as the gossips of the immune system. Yes. And well they're said. proteins, they're peptides, they're glycoproteins, and they are meant to, as you said, increase at certain times. So I know people are freaking out about like elderberry because it increases cytokines. Yes. Well, so does sleep. Sleep increases yes. cytokines. We and have echinacea. <laughs> exactly. You know. And it's normal when we yes. are the worried well, these things are fine. When we are able to increase our cytokine response and have it come back down because right. we're not overly chronically fighting something and even the cytokine storm is trying to yes. clean up a mess. So yes. I feel like cytokines are being vilified because ah, of misconceptions. Well, yes. and, so let's talk about that. So so let's say that a woman we talked about in a feudal village, let's say she caught the rabbit and let's say she sees the wolf. And I always like to make females the protagonist. Do it. And let's say she goes into fight, flight, freeze. And so across evolutionary time, her fight, flight, freeze response, her sympathetic nervous system evolved to prepare for pathogens. That's how we evolved. But let's say the wolf turns around and walks the other way or sees something better down the road. Well, she now will go into homeostasis, rest, digest, mm -hmm. her parasympathetic nervous system will kick in. That's how nature intended. You turn on that fight, flight, freeze, pathogenic protection, and you turn it off again. Right. It's when it gets caught in that chronic 24-7 state. And by the way, and you and I talked about this before, this is why we think that we see, to give people real context, such higher rate of depression and anxiety with the number of hours that kids spend on social media. This is why we think we see it, because the brain cannot tell the difference between a pathogen and a perceived threat because of the way that our stress immune response in the brain evolved. So that means if our brain doesn't know the difference between a real pathogen and the idea of being in a stress 
threat in the environment around us, which is what's happening with social media. So let's say that a girl's on social media 24-7 and she's fearing being ostracized or she's posting pictures and people are like, oh my God, your hair is awful or you have fat thighs. All of these are social threats that are coded by the brain as literal threats. As Chuck Raisin at Wisconsin says, your brain can't tell the difference. It's an evolutionary mismatch between something that was very, very helpful across evolutionary time, fear of being ostracized, fear of a wound that might occur if we're ostracized or if there's a warring tribe against our tribe. That was really smart. But now it's an evolutionary mismatch in modern time to respond to social environmental threats or what you see on social media and have that same threat system kick in through your brain's immune response to produce an immune response that over time can be negative to your immune system. We don't really need that when we're looking at social media, but that doesn't keep it from happening. Yeah, it's so important to think about this feedback loop. There's been so much more research around the impacts of stress on the immune system. And this kind of brings us into the conversation of how we look at where we are in a stuck stress response, meanwhile, trying to take all these supplements to address our immune response, right? And what we can be doing is recognizing that this is happening to us. Get out of the ifs, step away from the social media. What else can we advise practitioners do, both for themselves, because we're all in this, but in speaking to our clients and patients about what we're seeing happening with them to calm this stress response down so that we are enhancing and modulating the immune response, which we all need right now. That's right. So really, we know we have hundreds of tools and you and your practitioners know better than anybody that they have now probably spent years if not decades of their lives developing these tools. So the most important message is that every micro change matters. Mm. Every micro change matters. You all know what those micro changes are that work for you. And I'm just going to name a dozen of them. And then it's a matter of putting it into practice, stacking your day in a way in which you're bringing in more and more micro changes. So I think of it this way. We're in this dance 24 seven with the world around us. We're getting lots of messages that are very stressful for the brain immune response, but we're the driver of those messages. We're the driver. We're the driver. We can make the micro changes. And moreover, if everything that you're doing all day long is sending messages to the brain immune response and that robust immune system in our brain, what are all the different things that you could be doing differently in the next hour and the next hour and the next hour? Is that a 10 minute meditation? Is that, you know, I did a podcast with Andy Weil and he has the six, seven, four breath. You know, I just realized my steps are exactly the right number to inhale six, hold seven, exhale four. Yep. I have three sets of steps in my house. I can do that all day long. I have a great meditation practice that I only use sometimes. <laughs> you know, now is the time, right? Now right? is the time. I only use it sometimes. You know, you can go on Dharma Seed where IMCW uploads all of their meditations for free. It is just a treasure trove of meditations. My husband and I are out walking three, four miles a day in the fresh air. Mm-hmm. We're doing an 
an open source Tai Chi class every day at 1230 that the whole world can tune into on Zoom that different Qigong masters are putting up for free. Music. There's so much. Yo-Yo Ma is putting free music. I saw that. That's lovely. (laughs) And since it was my first date with my husband, I think it's even more special. Oh, that is more special. (laughs) Right. And relationships. I mean, I love that we are talking now, Jana. I mean, you know, the relationships that really speak to our soul. You and I, you know, are soul sisters. Even though we just met each other several years ago, we are able to connect in this way. And that connection really is, uh, it's medicine for our systems. And it just, it feels good to me just to hear your voice. You know, and we all have those people in our lives. You know who those people are because when you're with them or when you were with them, I should say, before this, you felt seen, known, heard. You felt more you. I always tell my kids, you know who your benefactors are in life. You know who your friends are. You feel more you. You feel seen. You feel listened to. You feel known. So get on Zoom with those people. Get on the phone with those people. We have good friends and every Sunday night at 6 6.30, we're on Zoom together for half an hour. We're asking each other one question. Mm-hmm. What is the funnest thing that you're doing right now? What is bringing you the most joy? We're not talking about COVID-19. Well, a few morbid jokes <laughs> creep in there. <laughs> they have to, but we've been doing yeah. the same. My mom is 81. She's alone in California. My mother-in-law lives alone, also in California. They usually see each other, but they can't yep. see each other now. We got on Zoom and they get to see the grandkids and hang out and laugh. We all made lunch together with our computers in front of us. It's possible to connect and we need to make sure we're reaching out to those who may be solo in their household. And if you listening are solo in your household, make sure you're reaching out and connecting with those that are important to you that really speak to you in the way that Donna, you were saying so beautifully. And I would tell you also that if you think about this from an evolutionary perspective, the thing that made us feel unsafe across evolutionary time, threat of ostracizing, threat of being made fun of because it could lead to wounding, threat of other warring tribes because it could lead to wounding and death. What prevents that rise in inflammatory factors in the body and fight, flight, freeze is coming together. Yeah, That's what brings it down. And so I'm telling people, talk to one person outside of your family. Like I'm here with my husband and daughter who both are home. You know, we're all stay at home, Maryland. We're about to be in a shelter in place order here. But outside of your home, talk to one person a day, whether it's by video or by phone. You know, we all have clothes friends. I just talked to a friend early this morning I hadn't talked to in two years. It's a great time to hear the voices of the people you love. And no matter how many years have gone by, and that is one of the greatest oxytocin antidotes to that cytokine spike that we're all talking about. What a beautiful note to end on, Donna. Thank you so much for spending some time with me, spending time with us, and as always, sharing your wisdom. I could talk to you all day, and one day we will. The 15-Minute Matrix is brought to you by me, Andrea Nakayama, and the Functional Nutrition Alliance. The 15-Minute Matrix team includes music by my son, Gilbert Nakayama, sound production by Rowan Bradley, as well as Renee Hunt, Natalie Merrill, and Christine Shook. 
You can visit us and hear more episodes at 15minutematrix.com. And if you'd like to be notified each time there's a new podcast episode ready for you, please go to 15minutematrix.com forward slash notify, and we'll drop into your inbox with a short reminder that a new episode is ready for you. You also have an open invitation to email us, especially now. We want to know who you'd like to hear on the podcast and what you'd like to see mapped on the 15 Minute Matrix. You can email us at ask at 15minutematrix.com. 